story with me Love who you want to be, who you are Learn these lessons and we'll go far It's story time Story time Story time with Mama G Hello, hello, hello And welcome to Story Time with Mama G The Podcast Thank you for tuning in. It is delightful to have you all here. I am, of course, Mamma G, and you are, of course, still you. Isn't that marvellous? Don't forget, before we go any further, that you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Do a search for at Mamma G Stories, and you will find me in all of those places. And don't forget that as you are listening to the podcast, it would be marvellous if you could like and subscribe to the podcast. And also something else, review. Review the podcast, wherever you listen to the podcasts, so that um, other people who use those apps know that I am worth listening to. So let's be honest, only review it if you've got something nice to say. And I think you will have nice things to say this week because I am furnishing you with not one, but two classic Beatrix Potter stories. The tale of Jeremy Fisher and followed by the tale of Jemima Puddle Duck. Enjoy! Once upon a time, there was a frog called Mr. Jeremy Fisher. He lived in a little damp house amongst the buttercups at the edge of a pond. The water was all slippy sloppy in the larder and in the back passage. But Mr. Jeremy liked getting his feet wet. Nobody ever scolded him and he never caught a cold. He was quite pleased when he looked out and saw large drops of rain splashing in the pond. I will get some worms and go fishing and catch a dish of minnows for my dinner, said Mr. Jeremy Fisher. If I catch more than five fish, I will invite my friends, Mr. Oldman Ptolemy Tortoise and Sir Isaac Newton. The Oldman, however, eats salad. Mr. Jeremy put on a Macintosh and a pair of shiny galoshes. He took his rod and basket and set off with enormous hops to the place where he kept his boat. The boat was round and green and very like the other lily leaves. It was tied to a water plant in the middle of the pond. Mr. Jeremy took a reed pole and pushed the boat out into open water. I know a good place for minnows, said Mr. Jeremy Fisher. Mr. Jeremy stuck his pole into the mud and fastened the boat to it. Then he settled himself cross-legged and arranged his fishing tackle. He had the dearest little red float. His rod was a tough stalk of grass. His line was a fine long white horsehair and he tied a little wriggling worm at the end. The rain trickled down his back. 
and for nearly an hour he stared at the float. This is getting tiresome. I think I should like some lunch, said Mr. Jeremy Fisher. He punted back again amongst the water plants and took some lunch out of his basket. Mm, I will eat a butterfly sandwich and wait till the shower is over, said Mr. Jeremy Fisher. A great big water beetle came up underneath the lily leaf and tweaked the toe of one of his galoshes. Mr. Jeremy crossed his legs up shorter, out of reach, and went on eating his sandwich. Once or twice, something moved about with a rustle and a splash amongst the rushes at the side of the pond. I trust that is not a rat, said Mr. Jeremy Fisher. I think I had better get away from here. Mr. Jeremy shoved the boat out again a little way and dropped in the bait. There was a bite almost directly. The float gave a tremendous bobbit. A minnow! A minnow! I have him by the nose! cried Mr. Jeremy Fisher, jerking up his rod. But what a horrible surprise! Instead of a smooth, fat minnow, Mr. Jeremy landed little Jack Sharp, the stickleback, covered with spines. The stickleback floundered about the boat, pricking and snapping until he was quite out of breath. Then he jumped back into the water. And a shoal of other little fishes put their heads out and laughed at Mr. Jeremy Fisher. And while Mr. Jeremy sat disconsolately on the edge of his boat, sucking his sore fingers and peering down into the water, a much worse thing happened. A really frightful thing it would have been if Mr. Jeremy had not been wearing a Macintosh. A great big enormous trout came up, with a splash, and it seized Mr. Jeremy with a snap. Ow! 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 And then it turned and dived down to the bottom of the pond. But the trout was so displeased with the taste of the Macintosh that in less than half a minute it spat him out again and the only thing it swallowed was Mr. Jeremy's galoshes. Mr. Jeremy bounced up to the surface of the water like a cork and the bubbles out of a soda water bottle and he swam with all his might to the edge of the pond. He scrambled out on the first bank he came to and he hopped home across the meadow with his Macintosh all in tatters. What a mercy that was not a pike, said Mr. Jeremy Fisher. I have lost my rod and basket. But it does not much matter, for I am sure I should have never dared to go fishing again. He put some sticking plaster on his fingers and his friends both came to dinner. He could not offer them fish, but he had something else in his larder. Sir Isaac Newton wore his black and gold waistcoat, and Mr. Alderman Ptolemy Tortoise brought a salad with him in a string bag. And instead of a nice dish of minnows, they had a roasted grasshopper with ladybird sauce, which frogs consider a beautiful treat. But I think it must have been nasty.
the tale of Jemima Puddle Duck. What a funny sight it is to see a brood of ducklings with a hen. Listen to the story of Jemima Puddle Duck, who was annoyed because the farmer's wife would not let her hatch her own eggs. Her sister-in-law, Mrs. Rebecca Puddle Duck, was perfectly willing to leave the hatching to someone else. I have not the patience to sit on a nest for 28 days, and no more have you, Jemima. You would let them go cold, you know you would. Oh, I wish to hatch my own eggs. I will hatch them all by myself, quacked Jemima Puddle Duck, and she tried to hide her eggs, but they were always found and carried off. Jemima Puddle Duck became quite desperate. She determined to make a nest right away from the farm. She set off on a fine spring afternoon along the cart road that leads over the hill. She was wearing a shawl and a poke bonnet. When she reached the top of the hill, she saw a wood in the distance. She thought that it looked like a safe, quiet spot. Jemima Puddle Duck was not much in the habit of flying. She ran downhill a few yards, flapping her shawl, and then she jumped off into the air. She flew beautifully when she had got a good start. She skimmed along over the treetops until she saw an open place in the middle of the wood where the trees and brushwood had been cleared. Jemima alighted rather heavily and began to waddle about in search of a convenient dry nesting place. She rather fancied a tree stump amongst some tall foxgloves. But, seated upon the stump, she was startled to find an elegantly dressed gentleman reading a newspaper. He had black prick ears and sandy-coloured whiskers. Quack, said Jemima Puddle Duck, with her head and her bonnet on one side. Quack. The gentleman raised his eyes above his newspaper and looked curiously at Jemima. Madam, have you lost your way? said he. He had a long bushy tail which he was sitting upon as the stump was somewhat damp. Jemima thought him mighty civil and handsome. She explained that she had not lost her way, but that she was trying to find a convenient dry nesting place. Ah, is that so indeed, said the gentleman with sandy whiskers, looking curiously at Jemima. He folded up the newspaper and put it in his coat-tail pocket. Jemima complained of the superfluous hen. Indeed, how interesting. I wish I could meet with that fowl. I would teach it to mind its own business. But as to a nest, there is no difficulty. I have a sackful of feathers in my woodshed. No, my dear madam, you will be in nobody's way. You may sit there as long as you like, said the bushy, long-tailed gentleman. He led the way to a very retired, dismal-looking house amongst the foxgloves. It was built of faggots and turf, and there were two broken pails, one on top of another, by way of a chimney. This is my summer residence. You would not find my earth, uh, my winter house, so convenient, said the hospitable gentleman. 
There was a tumble-down shed at the back of the house made of old soap boxes. The gentleman opened the door and showed Jemima in. The shed was almost quite full of feathers. It was almost suffocating, but it was very comfortable and very soft. Jemima Puddle Duck was rather surprised to find such a vast quantity of feathers. But it was very comfortable, and she made a nest without any trouble at all. When she came out, the sandy-whiskered gentleman was sitting on a log reading the newspaper. At least, he had it spread out, but he was looking over the top of it. He was so polite that he seemed almost sorry to let Jemima go home for the night. He promised to take great care of her nest until she came back again next day. He said he loved eggs and ducklings. He should be proud to see a fine nestful in his woodshed. Jemima Puddle Duck came every afternoon. She laid nine eggs in the nest. They were greeny-white and very large. The foxy gentleman admired them immensely. He used to turn them over and count them when Jemima was not there. At last, Jemima told him that she intended to begin to sit next day and I will bring a bag of corn with me so that I need never leave my nest until the eggs are hatched. They might catch cold, said the conscientious Jemima. Madam, I beg you not to trouble yourself with a bag. I will provide oats. But before you commence your tedious sitting, I intend to give you a treat. Let us have a dinner party all to ourselves. May I ask you to bring up some herbs from the farm garden to make a savoury omelette? Sage and thyme, and mint, and two onions, and some parsley. I will provide lard for the stuff, uh, lard for the omelette, said the hospitable gentleman with sandy whiskers. Jemima Puddle Duck was a simpleton. Not even the mention of sage and onions made her suspicious. She went around the farm garden, nibbling off snippets of all the different sorts of herbs that are used for stuffing roast duck. And she waddled into the kitchen and got two onions out of a basket. The collie dog, Kep, met her coming out. What are you doing with those onions? Where do you go every afternoon by yourself, Jemima Puddle Duck? Jemima was rather in awe of the collie. She told him the whole story. The collie listened, with his wise head on one side. He grinned when she described the polite gentleman with sandy whiskers. He asked several questions about the wood and about the exact position of the house and shed. Then he went out and trotted down the village. He went to look for two foxhound puppies who were out at walk with the butcher. Jemima Puddle Duck went up the cart road for the last time on a sunny afternoon. She was rather burdened with bunches of herbs and two onions in a bag. She flew over the wood and alighted opposite the house of the bushy, long-tailed gentleman. He was sitting on a log. He sniffed the air and kept glancing uneasily round the wood. When Jemima alighted, he quite jumped. Come into the house as soon as you have looked at your eggs. Give me the herbs for the omelette. Be sharp. He was rather abrupt. Jemima Puddle Duck had never heard him speak like that. She felt surprised and uncomfortable. <laughs>
While she was inside, she heard pattering feet round the back of the shed. Someone with a black nose sniffed at the bottom of the door and then locked it. Jemima became much alarmed. A moment afterwards, there were most awful noises, barking, baying, growls and howls, squealing and groans. And nothing more was ever seen of that foxy, whiskered gentleman. Presently, Kep opened the door of the shed and let out Jemima Puddle Duck. Unfortunately, the puppies rushed in and gobbled up all the eggs before he could stop them. He had a bite on his ear and both the puppies were limping. Jemima Puddle Duck was escorted home in tears on account of those eggs. She laid some more in June and she was permitted to keep them herself, but only four of them hatched. Jemima Puddle Duck said that it was because of her nerves, but she had always been a bad sitter. got a lot of bang for your buck there, didn't you? Because I couldn't quite decide what to do. I was just going to do one story, but then the tale of Jeremy Fisher's quite short. It only came up at about five minutes, and I thought, well, it's barely worth them tuning in. So I thought I'd give you a bit of Jemima Puddle Duck, and she went on and on and on. And was it worth it? No, because her blooming goslings got eaten. Well, the eggs did. By foxes. No, by puppies. Oh, dear. I don't remember... Beatrix Potter being this dark when I was a child but apparently she was because let's think about it Peter Rabbit almost gets eaten uh, Jeremy Fisher almost got eaten Jemima Puddle Duck's children did get eaten uh, Mrs Tiggy Winkle well nothing too bad happened to Mrs Tiggy Winkle and who, who else have we read Mrs Tiggy Winkle oh, I can't remember who did we have last week? Oh, Squirrel Nutkin! Well, he was always coming up across something, wasn't he, Squirrel Nutkin? Oh, dearie me. But now, uh, let's have a book of the week. And I think this is a slightly more cheerful story. So that's exciting. Here we go. Today's book of the week is Tiny Penguins and the New Baby. It came out at the end of April and it is by one of my very favourite authors. She's even been a guest on this podcast and that's not why she's one of my very favourite. I do also love her books. Um, Jane Porter is whom I am talking of. 
and Tiny Penguins and the New Baby is uh, her most recent book and it looks like an absolutely wonderful book. I've not read it, I do not possess a copy, but it does tell a uh, feature. I can tell some of Jane Porter's inimitable illustrations. They are fun, very graphic, very interesting to look at, which is marvellous. And the story sounds adorable. The blurb says, here we go, you ready? Meet the tiny penguins. The tiny penguins love helping humans to keep their house tidy. But they have one special rule. Stay out of sight. But when they see a sad little girl, Gertie, hiding under her bed, they decide some rules are made to be broken. So I imagine they cheer Gertie right up. I think I would be cheered up, actually, if I discovered I had a gang of little penguins living in my flat and they were doing things around about the place for me. It'd be marvellous because I love to go to London Zoo, my local zoo. Very important to have a local zoo. I like to go to London Zoo and I love to watch the penguins. I just stand there watching them. I don't like the way they smell much but I enjoy watching them. And what I really like at London Zoo is there are bits of their enclosure that are under the water and you can look through a window so you can see them swimming. And they're the most beautiful birds. Aren't they gorgeous, the way they glide through the water? I think if, if I wasn't a human, I'd love to be a penguin or a fish. I think I'd just quite like to live in water. I am quite a water baby, you know. So that was Tiny Penguins and the New Baby, published by Simon and Schuster Children's Books. And if you would like to get yourself a copy, then you just need to head to my bookshop.org page where cop the, the, what am I saying? Where the book will be linked to, and you can get it there. And you can, of course, by doing that, you'll not won't just be uh, supporting me and Jane, but you'll also be supporting your local independent bookstore. And they do need all the help they can get at the moment. So go out and buy Jane Porter's Tiny Penguins and the New Baby. <laughs> Well, here we are at the end of another episode of the podcast. Thank you ever so much for joining me. Now, I'm going to be very honest. I can't promise that there is going to be a podcast next week because next week I am very, very busy on lots of pantomime duties. I'm directing a pantomime. I've got a meeting about a pantomime. I'm talking at a light entertainment convention which is exciting and uh, oh and also I'm seeing my parents and you can't begrudge me that can you so I don't know if we'll manage a podcast next week but I will do my best but don't worry if there's not one next week it will be back next well the week after next uh, also in the meantime don't forget to follow, find me on Facebook Instagram and YouTube just search for at Mama G Stories and I've got lots of exciting things coming up including June the 6th I will be appearing at the Hay Festival online with Jessica Love reading Julian at the wedding you just need to go to hayfestival.org to register for that event it's absolutely free and a marvellous thing and I'm very excited and June the 19th 
Mamaji's Storytime Roadshow will be at the Squish Theatre in Camberley, so you can see me live and in person, and you can get your tickets from camberleytheatre.co.uk. And of course, the 4th of July is Mamaji's Family Pride Party in person and online. We have an amazing lineup of acts planned, which we will be announcing soon. But do go getting tickets at stanleyart.org. Uh, you can get your tickets for the in-person event and the online event, which are happening at the same time. And uh, when I say tickets, that's because uh, due to COVID, we need to know how many people are going to be there. But all the money that you spend on your ticket will go to Mermaids, which is the charity that we are supporting. Well, thank you so much. I will see you all very soon. Uh, have a lovely rest of the time on this day. Goodbye. It's story time with Mama G. Come and hear a story with me. Love who you want to be, who you are. Learn these lessons and we'll go far. It's story time. Story time. Story time with Mama